Welcome to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. We're going to give powers to a name in this very hour. Y'all excited? Yes. Yeah. That sounds pretty excited. I said, <laughs> are you excited? Yes. Yep. Yep. No, you're getting less excited. Oh, you guys. I don't know what I'm going to do with you, apart from fill you with creative energy. Are you full of creative energy today, Josh Randall? Seeping from my pores. Excellent. I'm going to take like a window wiper and just drain <laughs> that off your face and pour it into a cup. I'm not going to drink it though, because that'd be a little weird. But I'm going to. I'm just yeah. having like Junji Ito esque flashbacks. Don't yeah. do that. Not during the podcast. We're trying to be happy and you're thinking Sorry, of right, yes. that weird Grease House comic, which is horrific. Ugh. I mean, does that mean, Jade Salson, you're a little bit tainted now we're recording? Uh, no, actually, I've been reading some very pure things uh, lately. Oh, really? Shall I, shall I tell you a bit about them? Go on. Ooh. What have you been reading? Tell me. So I've actually been really busy with uh, Cafe Suada lately, so I thought I'd talk about one of my favorite comics uh, that I very quickly had a refresher before we recorded today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Princess Jellyfish by oh, Akiko Higashimura. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, this one's a good it's one. A good, it's a real good one. This one's a good one. Um, but yeah, I picked up uh, volume four of the Omnibuses recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where they finally go past the end of the anime series. So that's where it gets good. (laughs) And if you'd like to explain for the layperson. Yes, so Princess Jellyfish is about a group of uh, so-called nuns. Nuns in this context means nerds, basically. (laughs) Yeah. All female nerds who live in um, a boarding house. uh, And they don't allow men to live with them because they're all very socially anxious. um, And they all have very specific uh, fandoms that they're into. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, for example, one's obsessed with uh, kimonos and one's obsessed with ancient Chinese history. One's obsessed with trains. One's obsessed with old men. And the protagonist (laughs) is obsessed with jellyfish. Yep. And... They're, they're all very secluded. They don't really expose themselves to popular culture much. But uh, one day the protagonist is trying to save a jellyfish from being mistreated in a pet shop. Mm-hmm. And she gets rescued by this very fashionable girl who helps her bring this jellyfish back to the boarding house. And she's very anxious throughout this whole encounter. She's like, she's, she's so hipster. She's so fashionable. She yeah, shouldn't be associated with They're very me. allergic to hipsters. But yeah, the the big twist in the, the story overall is that this female character is actually a guy. Um, so the overall story is about the main character, Tsukimi, trying to overcome her social anxiety to be friends with this guy hmm. um, who's, you know, very hip, very fashionable and just wants to know about these nerdy girls and spend time with them. Just quick, quick few things. What do you like about it? What do you like about it, Jade? Well, Akiko Higashimura is... Just a queen of comedy manga. <laughs> yeah, she is. She she can draw such gorgeous illustrations and she's really up on her kind of current fashion and architecture and she's she's just very knowledgeable, clearly. It comes through in the drawings. Yeah. But what really strikes me is when she just simplifies right down and draws over the top expressions. She's just so good at it. Yeah, she's she's real good. Just gonna break down that four four. I too am a fan of Jellyfish Princess, and it's. Do you know? I think we'll just say this from this point out. Ninety percent of the time, if Dean or I recommend something, we probably both like yeah, it. Yeah, we we can sort of back each other up, and then like <laughs> with Josh, it's sort of like a forty-five percent mix. I'd mm-hmm. say. 
And he, he, I remember watching the Princess Jellyfish anime when it first came out. And you liked that, didn't you? Yes. There you I go. Really, I really enjoyed it. That's a three out of three recommendation, folks. Mm-hmm. It's very good. I definitely recommend it. Please, please pick up the UK um, volumes because then they might decide to publish <laughs> some of her other stuff over here. And I really want to get my hands on Tokyo Tara Reba Girls. The, the, oh, yeah, that looks great. Um, the mm. omnibuses for J- Princess Jellyfish are these real nice thick. They're, they're very thick, yeah. Um, and they're oversized as well. Yeah, they're beautiful. Speaking of beautiful, I've been reading a comic that literally got my heart pounding and gave me a lot of inspiration for the prompt in this episode. So keep that in mind. What I've been reading is a little comic called The Shiori Experience. <laughs> Let me tell y'all oh, God. about The Shiori oh. Experience. Josh recommended this to me a long time ago and he said he said one simple sentence he said it's a story about a white bread school teacher who gets haunted by the ghost of Jimi hendrix and with a, a pitch like that you, you don't turn that down you say tell me more tell me more joshua randall about this weird ass comic you found me and the story is such it's about a teacher and she's lived quite a uh, a stressful life her brother left home and chugged up a lot of debt because of his uh, music, his musical ways. Up to 20 million yen. He, he tried to hire like a studio and stuff. Anyway, so she's living this very boring life until one day she gets visited by the ghost of one of the greatest guitarists ever, Jimi Hendrix, as you, as you do on your way home from work in the, in the pouring rain. And he tells, he tells Shiori that if you don't become a, a legend by the time you're 27 years old, you are going to die. A little reference to the uh, 27 curse for a lot of musicians, including Hendrix himself. Um, but the great thing is, this uh, entire manga is all about sort of rekindled passion, rediscovered uh, loves and um, passion. It's all about passion, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, <laughs> people tend to sort of push deep down when real life kicks in. For Shiori, it's about music. Her brother was a musician and now... And now she's sort of rediscovered her music out of uh, Hendrix. He does a little thing that's called like jacking in, where she has a little like a jack plug in the back of her neck. So he can just plug himself in and start playing guitar through her. That's a great like relationship too, because he's with her because he wants to play more guitar, but can't do it because he's a fucking ghost. And you can tell how excited I am about this manga by my voice right now more than likely because it's probably one of my favorite first volumes I've read in a very long time. It's a very millennial comic as well. <laughs> like it's all about being in debt and then pushing your your passions and your wants and needs aside just to try and stay afloat in the world, which I think a lot of us can relate to. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah. I have been meaning to read that one. It's it's so good. It's all about like that millennial experience of trying to trying to get that money at what cost, but just the idea of rediscovering what what makes you you and really going for it is something that mm, it gets me. It gets me, as you can fucking tell. I can't. Uh, yeah, you've you've mentioned passion, and I can feel the passion through like several walls. It's just radiating off of you. It's it's crazy, Josh. Josh, I need. Yep. I'm gonna. Take a moment to calm down. Tell everyone about what you've been reading. I'm just going to... Okay. Josh, what have you been reading? 
I'm taking a similar approach as you have actually. Mine is both hot, hot blooded, and it has spirit ghosts giving people powers. Tell me, I've more. gone with Hirohiko Araki's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, oh my god, god. <laughs> we've um, done it's a bit it early to be bringing that out. I suppose. Well, we I've already spoken here. about manga theory. Um, his book about his holy bible. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I figured, ah, oh, do you know what? I need to, uh, I need to reference the source material. <laughs> Josh, can you attempt to explain JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Here we go. How long? How long have we got left? Um, <laughs> it's a series that spans across several hundred years to start, mm-hmm. um, following a family called the Joe Stars as they get into tussles with various uh, vampires, stone men more vampires, serial killers, <laughs> and races across the Old West. It's it's as ludicrous as it sounds. The, the good thing is is that it has some of the best uh, abilities for their characters. Um, I might have mentioned it when we talked about manga theory, but Araki has this ridiculous way that he can just kind of make anything a power, which I feel like might work well for a podcast. It's definitely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we should write that down. So uh, they're about eight parts currently uh we're about three parts in in terms of english translation and now you say these numbers very flippantly but this manga has been going for how many years over 25 i want to say close to 30 years now it's a it's a long one but like the quality holds it holds it does hold and the abilities they've only just got weirder um all of the characters for the first two parts they're generally it's very much like a fist of the north star-esque series uh, but from part three, Stardust Crusaders, Araki kind of does this thing called stands, which he gives all the characters these kind of punch ghosts, I believe is one of the terms that people use to describe <laughs> it. Um, and these I punch mean, yes. ghosts, they have various abilities. It can range from anything from stopping time to commanding small miniature armies. Yeah, it's just really amazing. And they're all named after bands as well. Which is a nice connection to Shuri experience. Yes, I, I, I thought that was quite nice, actually. The, the comic is ludicrous, and it's one of the, the founding fathers of shonen uh, manga. Mm. And I guess we've all chosen manga this week. Oh, we've done it again, haven't we? Yeah, we should do a podcast, maybe bitten by radioactive manga or something. We can start like churning out all the ideas. We can start thinking about tones and how the pages are going to be laid out. Is it is it too early for a spin-off? <laughs> I think I might have to put that in my pocket, though, as yeah. some sort of... Uh, I'm just going to sit here and stew in how uncomfortable I am in the insinuation that comics is different from manga. <laughs> oh. Sim- it's different from graphic novels. Simmer down, James. It's different from <laughs> comics. <laughs> James, please. <laughs> no, James. It's okay. It's okay. Let me take your mind off things. Okay. With a little bit of what the heck we actually do in this fucking podcast. So let's come up with a superhero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as I briefly mentioned, oh, before that, though, thank you to everyone who has blessed us with an iTunes review so far. It's been just amazing to see people actually writing down their thoughts and their feelings, most of which have been very kind. Thank you so much. And well, that's awesome. Yeah. Maybe you guys would like to say thank you. Yeah, I just yeah. said it's awesome. What more do you want? What was that pointed at me? Th- thank you to everyone who's given us a review. It does actually mean a real lot. It does. As I mentioned, it helps with like the iTunes inner workings. 
And it means more people can enjoy it, which means you have more people to talk about it with, right? So hold on, if we've had reviews, then does that mean? We do have a competition winner, my dear Jade. Ooh. So just a reminder, if you leave us a iTunes review throughout the, the month of August, you may get a chance to become a part of this podcast where we use your name to generate a prompt for our superhero. Isn't that fucking fantastic? It's pretty good. It is. It is so good. You too can be a hero. <laughs> I'm sort of holding my hand out, like, very inspiringly. <laughs> you too can be a hero. And today's hero is Shenlon too. So thank you very much, Shenlon. You will be the, the foundation of this episode's superhero. And thank you very much for the very kind uh, review. Kisses. So Shenlon too. We're going to cram your name into a generator. It's, a, it's another image. It comes from the very fine folks at uh, Rediscovering the 80s. It's a, it's a nice little, little website. It's got a lot of 80s stuff. You, if you like your He-Man and your, your big spandex, go check them out. But they had a little, little generator. Guess what the generator is? Is it a He-Man name generator? Oh, that's a good guess, but not quite. It is... An 80s band name generator. Ooh. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. See that 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 little ooh, that little ah. That's exactly what I want from this. So, it's a little bit of a change in format. Instead of just being uh, first name, surname, it's lead singer and the ad- adjective band name. So, it might not necessarily be a hero name, but maybe the comic name. Oh, or maybe like a hero team. So like if it came up with Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. That's Josie a, would be the team leader. That's the kind of name that will be generated from this. This okay. 80s band name generator. So, you got a lead singer. Um, I tell you what, let me just run you through what my name would be. Or the name from my name would come out. Watch this be an excellent prompt. <laughs> so it'd be Ducky and the Mondo Mohawks. <laughs> okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna end. We're, we're actually gonna use that somewhere. I yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. Put Mondo that in the Mohawks. pocket. Yep, just keep that tucked away. Old Ducky. Old Ducky um, and the Mondo Mohawks. So Shenlon too. Uh, it's not exactly three separate initials. So I think how we'll do it. We'll have an S, an L, and a T. Sh, N, N, Long, T, U. Sound good? Yeah. Right. Yes. That's the spirit, Josh. <laughs> I know. I'm, I think I know what you're talking about. Just like taking the, plugging those letters out. Okay. So S is McFly. One to a winner. Uh, N is New Wave, and T is Thrillers. Holy crap! So it's McFly and the New Wave Thrillers. Okay. <laughs> that that's some fucking X Men shit right there. <laughs> so guys, who is McFly? And the new wave thrillers. <sighs> Initial thoughts? McFly could be a secret identity. I think it absolutely has to be a secret identity. Um, see, McFly, it's it's very easy to go down the teen team route here. Because, well, new wave thrillers, that sounds that sounds like some sort of like rebellious, up and coming bunch of idiots you know it does sound like a sort of rebel punk group yeah. doesn't it like, right anarchy down with the system 
maybe, but then like you've got the thrillers, they're new wave, so like they're the next generation. But then what's so thrilling about these guys? Maybe they're like a theater troupe. They're new wave theater troupe, disguised. That's their disguise. Okay, that's their uh, their secret identity. They go around. They're the new wave thrillers. They go town town to town. Okay, cleaning oh, up. Oh no, it's not theater group, but it is performance. What about if it's a sort of Cirque du Soleil type thing? There you go. What if it's like a so, punk, punk rock Cirque Cirque du the punk rock Cirque du Soleil? But like, I'm envisioning a very particular act that they're famous for. Trapeze. Well, yes, McFly is on the trapeze, but below him is a pool in which the new wave thrillers perform synchronized dance. I, are we, we can't, can we, can we do synchronized swimming superheroes? I mean, if one of them controls water. <laughs> Maybe that's McFly's thing. He's some but sort of. But he's in the air. He can use. M- McFly, not Muck swim. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he can push himself out the water real hard. He can't. No, he's not. No, he's on the trapeze. Let him have, like, air powers. If anything, the one who could probably control water would be Ducky. Ducky. Okay, so Ducky is the, the troop leader for the uh, the synchronized swimmers. Wait, wh- where did Ducky come from? He was from the other prompt. He was, but it's named after a duck. I feel as though it would be silly not to use a duck-based name. Maybe... Maybe Ducky yeah, is... Yeah, s- silly like a duck-based detective or something. <laughs> well, this is this is where we're going to distance ourselves from any copyright infringement. We've done that already. We can't we can't be done again. What if Ducky is an actual duck, but it's like a Salem situation <laughs> from Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Actually, Rich. fuck off. No, no, no. He's an actual, like, intelligent duck. No. Who's... Stop. He's he's actually commanding things ruined, in the background. Ruined, ruined, abort... And you're oh. telling me that sidetrack, a dog on rails, was ludicrous. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> Don't, I'm not, I can't have sidetrack for like the third consecutive episode. We can't do that. Sidetrack is on a rail that goes around the fucking performance area. Done. No. Please, Just so you know, mercy. If you're going to push forward with Ducky being an actual duck, you are leading us very close to a kind of a Pet Avengers style episode with sidetrack <laughs> and Ducky. Okay. You're, okay, you're taking us down a road that we can't turn back from. Mm. Okay, this is all great. I'm seeing a lot of resistance to Ducky, and that's fine. <laughs> There's no spark without friction. That's what I learned about the creative process. But imagine these punk rock synchronized swimmers squirming around in a circle. You know, they do that thing where they sort of form like a circle and they stick out their legs and shit. Yep. Imagine that, but a little duck in the middle, <laughs> sort of, it were, with his legs in the air as well, spinning around. So he's like the mascot then. Yeah, he's the mascot, but he's also secretly, secretly, he's the one scoping out all the crimes as well because he's a duck. He's got these infiltration. He he just blends into the background. Oh yeah, the ducks with their well documented crime fighting senses. Ducks. Duck sense, right? Ducks with their well known uh, abilities just to fly up onto roofs and look down and be all like whack. That's the signal. There's a crime mm. happening. Get in McFly. He'll sort things out. We haven't even touched McFly yet. Who the heck's McFly? Well, I already said he has like air powers or something. He could, he's got air powers, but can he fly? Well, you're like an airbender. Yeah. Hmm. Which, which, where are we going with this? Because imagine if he's a trapeze artist and he, he performs, he, he does a swing and then he just kind of flies around the audience and he's like, whoa, what's all, what's going on? 
I'm I'm so good at trapeze and I'm literally flying. I'm literally flying. What if the whole group has water powers and they've always been synchronized swimmers, but he is like singling himself out. He's like, no, I want to do something different. And they're all like, no, come on, no, you look, you're good at swimming. Just stick to what you're good at. And he decides, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fly around in the air like the acrobats of old. Oh my god! So you got like an ugly duckling situation. Yeah, and they're all like fretting in the water, like looking up the whole time, like don't fall, don't, don't, don't hurt yourself, man. Is that, is that why he's such good friends with Ducky? Because he's the yes, okay. he's the ugly duckling. See, it all fits. And at the center, I'm just of it, wondering if he's if he can fly. Does that take away like the thrill of trapeze? If you know that if he falls, he can literally just fly. Well, that's why I'm saying he should have water powers. So oh, okay. he's not actually he's not actually got control okay. in the air. It's I can just that it. He's passionate about flying around. Oh, okay. Okay, we've got a nice base at the moment. It's not set in stone, but we're going we're going somewhere. We've got a direction. Now, one thing I've noticed about the last few episodes we've done is we've said, essentially, oh, here's so-and-so, they fight crime. But how do they fight crime? We've never really gone into the nitty-gritty of their crime-fighting ways. Or, say, for example, describe the situation. We did way back in, in the day with our girl, Green Hyena, beautiful mm-hmm. Green Hyena. How are these guys? How is McFly and the New Wave thrillers? Oh my god, New Wave. I just fucking realized. <laughs> yeah, well done. You caught up. Oh. Good job. How are McFly and the New Wave thrillers featuring Ducky going to fight crime? Give me a, a crime situation. Well, I think as part of their circus troupe, they kind of just deal with crimes in whatever this, like whatever city they're currently yeah. performing in. Mm. Definitely. So they're always on the move. Thing is, if they're always moving, could there be potential for cons- like conspiracy? Are they hunting someone? Are they looking for a particular crime syndicate? I wonder if we should keep it simple this week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep it simple. We've we've got we've already got the complicated ass stuff like synchronized swimming. Fucking. Let's let, let's m- let's move away from the radioactive speed cars yes. driving around creating superheroes. Let's, let's just yeah. go down to. McFly and the new wave thrillers kind of walking towards crime whilst clicking. Like in... <laughs> yes. Oh, maybe maybe we do have an era for the, these guys. When was synchronized swimming big? Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, when was that like an in theme? There must be like some What, what was the golden games. age of syn- synchronized swimming? <laughs> when was the golden age of synchronized swimming? Whilst I Google that, can we have the idea of... Um, A crime. Okay, so Ducky is on a rooftop, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's looking around, uh, and he spots. Hmm, he spots a building on fire. Boom! And perfect. Arsonists fleeing the scene. What happens next? I tell you what happens next. Ducky sends out the special quack. Jade. <laughs> God, that's incredible. That was uh, echo. He sends out the special loudest hell quack that forms the, the troop huh, of McFly and the New Wave Threaders. Now, they're so threatening because they... Sorry, they make crime kind of like a performance in itself. Yes. There you so like, go. It's like you've got like maybe like McFly will be walking down the, the main street and then you've got like two more people like kind of like doing backflips from alleys or like forming up together kind of thing. Yes. yes, so like... A lot of like hype people. Entrance. Yeah, basically. Like a ringleader somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they'll make like... 
Maybe part of their thing is like embarrassing the criminals. So they put on this big show and point out like, look at these fucking idiots, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I like that. I like the idea of the whole circus troupe being in on it as well. Like maybe the ringleader and the other circus performers create a distraction so that the people with powers can actually get away. Yes. Like when police and actual firefighters show up. This, okay, this is good. This idea has, has legs to swim on now. And they just sashay away while clicking. So, the arsonists are running away from the building. They're retreating after clearly got, I was going to say fire on their hands, but they've got <laughs> chemicals and shit. You, you can tell. They're, they're smoldering and they look scared. And then you see McFly almost like skate in on like a jet of water, like Iceman, but actual water. He, he comes on in and he stops dead in their tracks. He busts a pose, head down, and then he flicks it up. And he points at them and says, You, sir, you, sirs, are in for a s- s- splash. Shit, help me out. Um. <laughs> You've brought yourself into a corner there. Yeah, he, he, let me, let me try that again. Maybe inspiration will strike if I say it again. Mm-hmm. So he, he flicks his head up. He points at the criminals and says, It's showtime. And then Ducky... The that, that's just Mr. Incredible's line. No, it's it's different because there's an actual show. No. Okay, he, he, flicks up his, he flicks up his head. He points at the criminals and says, um, time, time, scene. And then the scene happens. What? <laughs> okay, he flicks up his head. He points at the criminals and says, it's time for the show of your life. There it is. It, you got to work out the kinks. It's time for the show of your life. And then well, I, th- the- I think we figured out the reason why people always use it's showtime so much. It turns out it's really it's very difficult. Hard. There's yeah. not a lot of like show themed one liners to do with like beginning a show. Unless unless he just points and says, Ladies and gentlemen. Because you know, mm. the whole thing is humiliation, so it, he will want to draw a cloud, right? A cloud. Well, well if they're making a performance of it, then like whilst they're walking down or like approaching the scene, if he is doing like the whole ladies and gentlemen introducing each hero as they kind of flip over mm. and stuff, then you probably don't really need the the final big okay. punchline. Yeah, so we've we've done some editing. He could he could introduce them all. Obviously, McFly's... The, actually, no, is it the ringmaster doing the introducing then? Um, I think McFly can take it, because it, it's the new wave thrillers that are doing the crime fighting, right? Okay, yeah. Mm. So the ringmaster's just controlling the crowd then? Yeah. Okay, then McFly can introduce their... Uh, family. Should should we decide who who else is in the family? Maybe. There, um, oh well. How many of them are there? There's five, including McFly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I need five random letters of the alphabet, please. Z. Well, we've got to use we got to use J because Josh and Jade. So mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the new wave thrillers, or introducing the new wave thrillers up first. He's a young upstart, but he's got a long way to go. He moves like a machine. It's Johnny Five. Johnny um, Five. What? Yeah, that's Jay Isn't... on this uh, thing is Johnny Five. Oh no! Don't keep using the same generator for that. What? I, I got to. I think yeah. I think you've got to. It's thematic. Uh, okay. But isn't isn't Johnny Five the robot? Yeah, it's a very specific like. Look, there's five people in the uh, new wave thrillers. He was the fifth one. He's Johnny Five. <laughs> That's how we're going to get around that little copyright snafu. So his name is Johnny, and they just keep calling him Johnny Five because he has no personality. He's very deadpan. 
there we go. Ironically, unlike the the Johnny Five that we all might be familiar with. Um, so Josh also said Zed. Uh, yep. Introducing uh, the next member of the team, Spaz, which we won't use. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> this means a different word in America than it does in the UK. Oh no. Oh dear. Uh, we'll, we'll go Cut one up. That. We'll go one up to du- oh W's Pee Wee. We can't use that either. T. Oh, uh, T is uh, oh, quite good. Oh, next up, he hits like a gun. He's a straight shooter. He's Magnum. Very P. good. P. Mm-hmm. Uh, our third member. He's the punkiest in all the, the punks in the new wave thrillers. It's Punky. <laughs> no, I say that we have two brothers and two sisters. Oh, so Punky is a girl. Yeah. Shall we say. Give me one on the top end of the alphabet. G. Um, for fuck's sake. Um. <laughs> Fourth on the list. Um, With a foot like a traction engine. Foot like a traction engine. Although the other one's in the grave, it's dead meat. Dead meat. Okay. Dead meat is a name on this generator. Um, was that an 80s thing? I don't know. We need, okay. we need one more letter. Do you? Well, who have we got? We've got, we've got McFly. We have Magnum. We have Punky. We have dead meat. And we have... Johnny. Johnny's Johnny Five. There's five. So that's it. No, there's five, including McFly. Yes. Yeah, so we're done. Do maths. Five. Oh, McFly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Do you, need, do you want us to count through it again? One plus four. Listen, listen. I'm a writer. I ain't Eight a mathematician. Eight plus five water heroes. So they have water powers and their names don't match at all. I'm envisioning every single time they turn up, the audience is like, what? what? What's the theme? Oh, what? dead meat. That's definitely a water hero. Yeah. I, I love dead meat. Listen, listen. If we wanted it easy, we'd just go to fucking Marvel Comics. <laughs> we go to their library, pick out an X-Men comic and be all like, here are some bad names. Let's use these for superheroes. No, we're taking the hard route. We're taking the dead meat route, the magnum route, the punky route. Anyway, so they all get introduced into this crime fighting scene, the new wave thrillers. And they're, mm-hmm. they're using sort of water powers to sort of move about on perhaps jets of water, like coming out of the, the drains. I think they the should all have very specific types of water controlling power, so specific things that they're good at. Otherwise, it'd be really boring. So Punky can make perhaps like very sharp jets of water. Mm. Johnny Five can, he's a, he can swim very good. <laughs> he, he's the best. No, they're all good swimmers. They're all good swimmers, no, but he's Dean. The best, have you been listening? He's the best swimmer. He's the best mm, of the bunch. Okay. Um, Dead so Meat he, is really elegant. Mm. Dead Meat moves like a gymnast. She's very flexible and she can sort of... She does that... So that, she makes like water whips and things like yeah, that. Yeah, she's mm. got that water bending thing going on. What the... Um, so we got Punky, uh, Johnny Five. Who's the other Magnum. one? Magnum. Oh, actually, I think Magnum should have like the, the shoot style, right? I think Mag- <laughs> yeah. maybe Magnum can be... Like, take that from Punky and then have Punky be in control of, like, massive waves or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. Like, like, big crashing waves that cause huge sparkling rays of water. And at the top of it all, you've got McFly. McFly, the leader of the wait, new wave thrillers. Wait, we didn't say what Johnny can do. I think he can control puddles. He's the best at swimming, the worst at controlling water. Maybe if he steps in a puddle, he suddenly becomes... Like, if he's in a body of water, no matter how small, he becomes, like, 
really fast. Okay. He's 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 like the flash in water. He's a flash in the puddle. Right. So McFly. And McFly, maybe he has um he can create water jets from his feet which propel him forwards which make, make can him make him fly. fly. Okay. Hmm. Dunzo. Yeah, okay. Yep. And he can use that for kung fu as well to like supercharge his feet. And when they all team up, they can create like a massive whirlpool. Yeah. Fucking McFly and the New Wave Thrillers. We've taken that <laughs> name and somehow we've fucking... Uh, fuck you, phone. Give me this this name, this challenge. But we accept it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys Do you guys want to do a love interest this episode? We've done a what, lot of... for McFly or... Yeah, for, for McFly. We've done a lot of villains. What about for we, Ducky? Mm-hmm. Can Ducky have a love interest? Ducky can have like a swan love interest. Well, Ducky is, you know, very close with Sidetrack. Maybe yeah. not. They've gotten no. very close over the years. That's Especially after that time that Sidetrack came, you know, to, when, when the circus went to yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Holly Deadline's town. My you know. God. What, what a crossover episode that was. <laughs> that This isn't canon. It's canon. This isn't BBRP canon. So I don't think Ducky needs a love interest because they're okay. they're already very close with um, sidetrack. Hashtag sidetrack. There we go. Thank you. Don't please. That's not a thing. We need a love interest for McFly. Okay. The overarching common crime that they deal with is arson attacks. Yes. And it turns what? out that like- the person causing the fires isn't actually an arsonist. Oh. It's. Someone who's not very good at controlling their fire powers. Oh, go. so you got like a Hellboy thing going on. And that's the love interest for McFly. Nice. What so if, who, who is this person? What if the love interest... I'm, I'm not using that generator again. That generator is dead. No. I no. killed it. Um, just like dead meat. <laughs> what if the love interest has fire powers, but her fire powers become more powerful the more in love that she is? So while she's getting closer to... McFly, who's naturally a very young, charming, traveling man from the circus. He's he's a catch. He's a, so it's a she then. We've decided. Um. Oh, this is very heteronormative of me. Um, I, d- I just didn't <laughs> jump to their gender straight away. I thought we'd come up with who they are and then decide. <laughs> My bad, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we've done a gay romance, right? That's true. That okay. It doesn't have to be straight up gay every time. <laughs> Let's. Let's let's stick tradish this time. Okay, all right. We'll do gay next time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> There's other versions. It doesn't matter. Never mind. Moving on. So, let's figure out this person. Maybe she burns hotter, literally, the more in love that she is. Maybe while she's getting close to hip charmer McFly, she's sort of starting to fall for him. They're having these really nice dates, but. Just as she's about to fall fully in love, a building burns down. Uh, McFly and the New Wave Fullers, they're coming in. They're, uh, they're saving everyone in the building, flashy style. But then they do their usual thing of humiliating the, uh, the culprit. And guess who it is? Hmm. It's name. Uh, it's Lady... Asexual Abby, because guess what? There's other things than gay out there. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm very salty about that. <laughs> it's Asexual Abby. Abby Aflame. Abby for short. It's Abby Aflame. Double A-B. Abby Aflame. Oh. That's quite good, actually. So Abby Aflame is a uh, is a love interest. Not not to go down the route of like having things be like complete opposites, 
But does Abby have a family of fire-wielding brothers and sisters? No, I think that would be the nice contrast between them because she has no support, whereas McFly's always had support. Nice. There we go. Maybe. So, cool. so he doesn't get not being able to control mm. the powers. Maybe Abby. Uh. Right. Okay, maybe Abby is homeless. And that's how she can fall in love with, with McFly because she doesn't really have any roots anywhere. So she can afford to follow the circus. That, that, that but, could explain why she's like maybe seen as like a serial arsonist, maybe. Because yeah. she has to keep on looking for a new place to stay, but she keeps on burning mm. it down. Yeah. But she's she's very... Uh, she's going to be played sympathetic in these, yeah, in yeah, these yeah, comics, well, I think. Well, yeah, no. Um, the reason why she keeps on burning them down is because as soon as she finds like a place that she likes, she falls in love with it and then burns Boom. it down. Boom. Because, yes, she falls in love with it. There you go. It's good. Maybe... Oh, maybe there's some drama here because McFly... McFly is able to sort of control the flames because he can just douse them when, they, when they're coming on. Mm-hmm. And the drama comes from him knowing that Abby has these powers and they can cause this trouble. But he doesn't do anything about it. He, he's just like, okay, look, I know they, they, can get, they can burn a little bright sometimes. but Maybe he could be in denial about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like maybe she can be... Once they've, you know, become friends and aware of each other's abilities, uh, she could help him with his quest to fly. So, like, they can make rudimentary hot air balloons and she can, like, create mm. hot air that propels him into the sky and things like that. I was going to say hot air balloon. Or, like, like, he could be in a glider. He would, like, power it from the back with, like, thrusters, like his, his uh, jets, his water jets. Mm. And then she would create, like, thermal currents. Lift. Yes. Mm. Maybe they have a small bout as of teaming up doing that. But Asexual Abby, she doesn't like being a superhero. And therefore, when she's in those superheroic situations, she doesn't love it. And therefore, her powers cut out. Hmm. But she does love being at home, being cozy, Natch, uh, with McFly. Just just the two of them together having a nice, nice evening in, watching a TV show. And she's like popping some popcorn with her bare hands. And she's all nice and lovely. Hmm. Not to take away from Jade's usual thing of thinking of an ending, but how would Abby feel about like doing some sort of performance at the circus and thus finding a home? Oh, that's Ooh. very good. Like some sort of fire-breathing type thing. I like that a lot. I don't think we can play it very straight, though. No, I like that. I think that's really cool. It is cool. That's like the final shot, but it's going to hmm. be a hard road for Abby to get to this uh, point. Like maybe, or maybe she like burns. The... She she burns the circus down. Are you gonna say? Yeah, maybe she could burn the circus down and cause like a huge catastrophe. Not only for the new wave thrillers that we've put to one side for now. Sorry, sorry, boy. Sorry, Johnny. Sorry, dead meat. But maybe she causes just this huge kerfuffle, and because there's no circus, there's no uh, superheroes, and a new wave of crime is uh, taking over the current city that they're in. Riots erupts, etc. And it's all because of Abby. It's all her fault. And what, what really cements her as a true villain, if we go by, you know, Iraqi's how to write a good story, yep. um, then in that big circus fire, she does have to unfortunately kill a circus animal. I'm not sure which, but you know, she killed one by accident. Not Ducky, yep. not Ducky calling it. Not Ducky. <laughs> Ducky lives. <laughs> I wouldn't be able no, to take Ducky away Sidetrack's safe. best friend. Sidetrack who? 
Look, Sidetrack was not present at the time of the fire. <laughs> just, just a box <laughs> in a panel. Um, well, I was going to say that she burns it down unwillingly, but then like maybe. Oh, definitely. Mm. I'm saying it's an accident that an animal is still like kept in a cage or something. Yes, she burns the whole place down accidentally, but then maybe that's the last straw of her. She sort of realizes she can never control these powers and she just accepts it and she's all like i'm a fireball that's who i am i can't i'm just gonna burn everything down so everywhere's as miserable as i am and she goes on a rampage actually no maybe another angle could be that she loves something or someone so much that she can barely contain it and then that's the reason why she's burning things up. Maybe she loves the circus so much, she loves the atmosphere and the performance go. and everything that's going on, that she ignites. That makes a lot more sense. And that'll lead into her doing her performance. Yeah. And she goes overboard. Oh, I swear my mind's doing like a deja vu thing where I swear I've seen that before where someone gets way too into their performance and ruins it and they get real, real arsy about it. I can't. Well, I can't think of any right now, so nah. let's roll with it. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're rolling. So she she burns down the circus as an act of love. Let's bring back let's bring back the gang. Let's bring back the new wave threaders and uh, mm-hmm. McFly. Cause come back in, guys. Come back in. Do do they know her before she burns down the circus? Like, does um, McFly introduce her to the group? I, I think, think so. Yeah, he would have to introduce uh, Abby to Johnny Five, Dead Meat, Magnum, and Punky. I think at the moment, by the time that they find Abby, um, when she's in, when she's like burnt down a place, if they're putting out the fire, I think it's only natural that they would find her at some point or meet her yeah. at least. Maybe all of them except one can be accepting of her, but then there's going to be mm. that one person who's like, "I told you about Abby. I told you." Maybe it's Punky because I was definitely going to jump to Punky if if she's like the youngest. I'm picturing the youngest, like, the rowdiest. Yeah, she'd just like snap at them and for a very childish fit, and they'd be like, "Don't mind her. She's just, you know, she's jealous. You're getting all this attention from us." Is a uh, McFly in the middle, by the way? Yes. Punky would be like the Raphael of the group. She's <laughs> got, she's got the tude, and so of course the drama's from like, no, no, Abby, it can't be Punky. You. If you hadn't done this, and I want, I warned you, McFly. I warned you that this would happen. She's literally got fire powers. We live in a tent. <laughs> oh, maybe Punky abuses her powers and has Abby trapped in like a water bubble, and she's slowly drowning her. Ooh. And she's not realizing like she's just so mad because she thought that her family might have been hurt in the circus blaze. So she's like, "I tried to tell you all. Look what happened." And they all they all have to talk her down before she drowns Abby. Of course, her family being the other circus performers. Mm. Yeah, I, I like that. Although no, Punky Punky has like the jet powers, so maybe Pun- no, no. We said she has wave powers. Yeah. Oh yeah, remember? that's right. Magnum's got the shot powers. It's like- so hard to keep up with all these water abilities, <laughs> all these synchronous swimmers. Oh, it's crazy. Of course, there'll be the pool there, so you can drown her in that. <laughs> Just casually talking about drowning Abby. Mm. And then, of course, she'll go off into the city humiliated and guilt-ridden and cause a just a ginormous mess, burning down uh, cars, buildings, uh, parks, but it takes... No, I'd say after, like, for this to be a sustainable story, she needs to have, like, a limitation. So I'd say whenever these big fires well up within her, when she expels them out, that's like her done for a while. Hmm. So like she she runs out 
Like it, it builds up to a point that she can't contain it anymore, lets it out, and then she's like, oh, I'm, I'm okay now. Like a big bang kind of supernova thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then uh, she's afraid of supernova-ing again. Mm-hmm. And maybe because of that, she keeps herself away from McFly. Yeah. Her one true love. Mm-hmm. I like how I ask you guys for a love interest and then you go ahead and create me a villain. <laughs> well, I just, it, it was prime villain territory yeah. and I, she is a love interest. So, hey guys. Best of both worlds. Hey guys, this is Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast. Top tip for creating a comic uh, combine two things. <laughs> if you take your villain and combine it with a love interest, fucking drama right there. Ain't no denying that. You take uh, a hero, combine it with uh, a circus performer. Hey, and Batman. 80s weird names. Batman did it. Look where he is. Uh, Robin. Duh. Uh, and now we have McFly. Next in line in the two-man line of circus circus performers in comics. But then there's actually quite a few of those. Are there? Really? Uh, there's Dead Man, who used to be a uh, trapeze kind of guy. And then he died and now he can possess people's bodies. Nice. Hmm. There you go. Um, yeah, I was just going to say we should come back to McFly because we've kind of rounded out Abby's story and mm. the overall story of the group, but we haven't finished things for McFly. Does he get to fly in the end? or? Well, we've got a few minutes, so let's... Does he realise his dream? McFly always wants to fly. He's McFly, son of Fly. I was going to um, say, actually, um, we've got the new wave thrillers. Can the new wave thrillers be kind of like a new Teen Titans kind of thing? And there was actually originally a circus troupe called The Thrillers. Oh, no. What if they actually promote themselves up from the circus into full-time superheroism? So instead of like it being a legacy thing, they actually break off from the circus to do their own crime-fighting thing. I thought you said that Abby doesn't like crime-fighting. No, Abby's not a part of the New Wave Thrillers, though. Oh, also... Oh, at, at least at the start. So McFly and Abby stay in the circus, but the others leave? No, 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 no. Well, what then? So... The big crescendo happens where they, uh, the circus burns down and they're finding Abby and she is causing like one last big inferno, right? And at this point, the gang has to put it out, save Abby. Now, in saving Abby, they've saved countless people before from arsonists, armed robberies, etc. The new wave thrillers aren't strangers to superheroism, but... It's different with Abby. This is someone they know, and they make this personal connection. And the group come forward and say, this, this was much more thrilling than any, any show I've ever put on before in my... Don't, don't say this is the greatest show on earth. No, no I, I was <laughs> avoiding that. Please don't. Thank, thank I was you. just going to say, this has been way more thrilling than any uh, synchronous swimming show I've ever put on. This is what I want. Maybe it could be like one of those one at a time things. Punky's like, this is what I want. And Deadme's like, this is what I want. And Magnum is like, this is what I want. I think Johnny Five would be against it. Johnny Five, we don't give a shit about Johnny Five. (laughs) Johnny Five. I do. Johnny Five dies trying to save. um... Whoa, whoa, how dare you? (laughs) Okay, Johnny Five doesn't die. Sidetrack just whizzes in and scoops Johnny up. Thank thank goodness Deadline and uh, Sidetrack were here to save the day. No, it'll be like... The, fucking... the cities are very close together, you know. Yeah. That was their last show before this final part of the story. Anyway, at the end, they all decide together, um, through the personal connections they made with Abby and her becoming a victim and a villain, that it's more rewarding to be a superhero than it is to be a performer. And so they leave the circus in its ashes and they go off to 
uh, travel the world and save it from all the crime that's in caught in the nooks and crannies. How do they make money? No, I, I, I like the idea of them still like bringing back the circus from the ashes. I do. I don't like them just abandoning it, and I don't like that Holly becomes a superhero because she didn't want to do that. Abby. Uh, Holly? Oh, yeah. yeah, Abby, sorry. I, I never saw Abby as one of the new wave thrillers, though. Well then, what does she do? Like you, you she's can't the love uproot interest. them she's like the, and leave her behind. She's she's the uh, the significant other to McFly. Well, that doubles up then for for reasons not to leave her behind. <laughs> Isn't the whole thing about like circus? Is that it's like it's a big old family kind of thing? Yeah, they'd want to stay together. Like think about the rest of the circus troupe and the ringmaster. Think about the lonely ringmaster, Dean. <laughs> I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about. The ashes that his uh, his business is in as well. Well, no, ho- oh, hold on, here we go. It's the it's the last five minute, the eleventh hour bit where I suddenly think of something. Uh, Excellent, well, go on. Doesn't like fire have this whole kind of rebirth quality to it? Boom, done, nice. So if you just think about them, if you kind of like bring back the circus from the ashes, and instead of just doing like an intercity thing, they decide that yeah. their powers need to be used for like the whole world. So they take it on a whole world kind of tour. Intercontinental Ooh. circus. But I'm there sure we can work is. out some sort of fire rebirth. Angle. The whole the whole circus troupe travels around the world in a giant hot air balloon type thing. <laughs> oh man. What, what, what am I thinking of? A blimp, that's it. <laughs> so this is suddenly turned into like the ending of Powered by Abby. There and it go. has a pool inside it. That's how cool it is. It's it's a blimp called the Big Top. Hee <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well no, wouldn't it be called like the Phoenix because it rose from the ashes or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's originally called like the Big Top or something. Maybe yeah. maybe the blimp's called the Big Top, but now the circus is called the Phoenix Circus. Okay, yeah, all right. Starring okay. McFly and the New Wave Thrillers. There we go. Done. That's brilliant. I, gu- I guess that's our ending now. Apologies for my ending where they just kind of abandoned their circus ways yeah god after last week and your demands for pure heroes and now you're like they ditch everything they ever loved bye everyone if anything, if anything that's like a mid-series slump that's like the empire strikes back of the uh <laughs> you know where, where it's, they're, at the, they're at the lowest point they think there's no point in the circus anymore and then they realize wait the circus gives people a different kind of hope in oh. happiness or something oh there mm. it is i like that well, now we're back to being pure okay we're back there to being we pure go. That's delightful. Our, our I like pure that a lot. punk synchronized swimmers. <laughs> McFly and the New Wave Thrillers. Um, I would do a recap at this point, but yeah, yeah. If you want to recap, listen back to the whole episode. <laughs> um, just to give you the the spark notes, they are uh, McFly and the New Wave Thrillers. They are synchronous swimmers in the circus, and they put on these really great shows. And on the side, they fight crime in all the cities that they travel to. And they fight it by putting on a massive show in front of the criminals. Using water powers. Using water powers of which um, each of the members. Name me all the members, Jade. Test time. Uh, Johnny, Magnum, Punky, and Deadmeat. And McFly. Johnny's power is to uh, use puddles. Punky uses big waves. Magnum uses shots. And Deadmeat whips. uses whips. Yes. Yes. She's good. She's got the memory. They go around cities. Like someone. Hey. Um, they go around the cities they travel to. They uh, show up the villains using their circus stylings, literally like embarrass them in front of the the whole community mm. and show show them up at the same time. But later on, tell them about uh, Asexual Abbey, Josh. 
the, one of the latest cities they're visiting has had a spate of kind of serial arson attacks. And so it's up to McFly and the New Wave Terrors to figure out what's going on. Thrillers. What did I say? Terrors? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's a different thing entirely. Um, yeah. Where was I? And eventually they find, um, they kind of catch them in the act. And it turns out it's a homeless girl called Abby who uh, is incapable of controlling her fire powers that are made stronger by her love and passion for stuff. Yes. And it ends with her setting the circus on fire. Rewind about five minutes. You'll get it all. You'll get it all. She sets it all on fire and then they all... All travel the world in a blimp. Yes. I think that sounds good. We did it, guys. Sounds coherent. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the 80s generator would be kinder on us than that. No, that was tough as hell. Mm. It's it's good to push our boundaries, though. I mean, synchronous swimmers, Jade, where did that come from? <laughs> New wave. You got it, like, halfway through the episode. <laughs> was it just the wave thing? Yes. I jump on the slightest hints. You got to in this business. One last yes. thing. Whatever happened to Ducky? And is the I was going to ask. And is the blimp duck-shaped? Uh, oh. Yes. And yes. <laughs> the phoenix of the logo is a duck. <laughs> Do they start dressing Ducky up as a phoenix when they bring him yes. on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he gets introduced specifically as the mascot of the show. Ducky with, the like, phoenix. With like flaming entrance <laughs> created by Abby. There's just this tiny like mallard like. It, it, yeah, it flies t- through a flaming ring. <laughs> it takes this kind of like ugly duckling thing. Instead of turning it into a swan, it turns into a phoenix. A fucking but really phoenix. It, it's just like a little red headdress it's got put on. <laughs> Thank Bless you so you, much for listening to Bitten by Radioactive Podcast, where we uh, give powers to a duck. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, if you can do us our traditional few favours, uh, if you can give us a nice iTunes review, and remember about that competition in August, if you give us uh, a review on iTunes, like I just said, you may have your name used in generating a superhero which will make us almost drown in the difficulty of it. But it's fine. Uh-huh, I see what you did there. Hey, <laughs> it's fine, though, because we, we, we will always float to the top. He got that water pun quite quickly, but New Wave was lost on him. Yeah. Well, I, I thought of the music, all right? I thought of the music, like, was intended. What else can you do for us? You can also, you can leave us a star rating or straight up just tell a friend about us. Uh, if you've got anyone who... Um, is perhaps drawing and they need something to listen to or if they're they got a long commute to work and they like comics hey we like comics too and we like making comics live know if you're gonna tell your friends or anyone else about this podcast specifically this episode you make sure you use the hashtag ducky love sidetrack it's very important <laughs> that you do never use never use that that's wrong no always use that is what he meant to say that no it's cross species it's you're making it weird Hashtag Ducky Love Sidetrack. Hashtag um, New Pet Thrillers. If you, if you really, really want to use those hashtags, why don't you tweet them at us? We are at BBR underscore podcast on Twitter. Hit us up if you want to talk about comics or if you want to discuss superheroes. If you've got an idea for them as well, dude, let us know. We'll, we'll throw it into the official canon. And that is about it for us. You have been bitten by a radioactive podcast. I'm Dean McKnight. I'm Jade Sarson. Oh, jeez, oh, oh, I think Jade. I think McFly's here with his. Jade. Oh no! You know, I was just thinking we we're doing so well with all of our Jades at the moment, but it looks like this one's going to drown. Oh. Uh. <laughs>
damn it. And you're Josh Randall. Yep. And I'm going to go search for a new Jade Sarson for next week's episode. See you later, guys. Have a good one. You okay, Jade? Jade? It's just a puddle. Get your face out of the puddle. Bitten by Radioactive Podcast is hosted by Dean McKnight, Jade Sarson, and me, Josh Randall. It is still edited by Dean and by me. And for one last time, don't forget to leave us a cool review on iTunes, and you could get involved in one of the next episode where you could become one of the heroes that we talk about. Until next time, see you next week.